0: Going to throw here to Parker, at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, he is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in!
1: Oh, doctor! Howdy guys, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Monday, October 9th, and let me tell you, this might be the most Monday of all Mondays that I've had in a
0: long time. <laughs> Coming off <clears throat> twenty-one hours in the in the bus getting home, that's uh that's a lot of driving. It was
1: a ton of driving and we will get into all of the fun stuff on that front. But before that, I'm Rob White, class of fourteen. Yeah, I'm Roy May, class of fifteen. And uh it is Monday. Uh and unfortunately it's a Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. It's, It's a Monday after an Aggie loss, which is always one of those deals where, you know, you log in to Twitter slash X and Texas Ags or elsewhere, and you just have everybody searching for the magic bullet to what all of our problems are. And it always comes down to the same 15 different reasons, which make no sense to anybody.
0: Well, I mean, specifically this game. There's nothing to hang your head on. As this is the very specific reason or play that we lost. It's this was a tough one, man. Um, you know, you're in control going into the halftime, and and you come out of the second half and just kind of get lit up by an Alabama defense that decided to play to their capability. I mean, let's not get crazy. Their defense is is really, really, really good. Um, yeah. You know, it's I can't think of another one that will play that's that's as good um which i right. mean but you showed but, in the first half that you could control it and you didn't in the second
1: yeah unfortunately uh defensively that was uh, that was a very weird game for a lot of different reasons because i'll be honest i jumped in the game and maybe this is the reason why that everything went to hell but i jump into the game right when we had the interception in the third quarter you know we're already up 17 10 and we have an interception and then no. not, not a couple of plays later, we give the ball right back. And I feel like after that interception, you go down the other way and you go ahead and put this game out of reach or you take full control. And we just lost that, you know, we didn't take advantage of the opportunities given to us.
0: Well, I mean, you, you had it right there in front of you. I mean, you forced mm-hmm. a turnover. The defense played, the defense played great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, which is crazy to say, you know, but, well, I mean, it's not crazy to say they played great. It's just, you know, if you got the kind of a performance out of – they well, they didn't play great. The front seven played great. Yeah. Uh, but even then, like, there were times that whether it was – I don't know if it was scheme or what, you know, you just – you know, your biggest fear, and we talked about this last week with Jalen Milrow, was the deep ball. Like, everything yeah. else, I think you saw, like, throughout the game, the intermediate stuff. Um, I mean, he can hit it, but he doesn't hit it at a pace that you would think an Alabama quarterback would. His mm-hmm. deep ball is lethal. Yeah. And and that's what we gave him. Like, we gave him the deep ball. Um, who is that dude's name from Alabama? Rayton? Some, yeah. No, Burton, excuse um, me. Burton, Burton. yeah. Bur- Burton is still running free on Kyle Field. <laughs> like I mean the dude goes out for 200 yards like yeah. one guy and yeah. we didn't make the adjustment after you know a couple different times so I mean but still you held held Alabama to 26 you had the lead at the halftime and and that turnover I think if you're able to take that and actually go do something with it it like you're saying like it's a massive momentum switch you know um well not even not a momentum switch I mean you had the momentum because you were ahead coming out of you know Going in the locker room. Yeah. Um, but you really, you know, if you're able to take that and drive down the field and put it in the end zone, this the entire scope of the game changes because of how Alabama has to play and how you can then play because of now you're up, you know, two scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like you really are kind of quote unquote in the driver's seat. But to go out and get blanked in the third quarter was just it was killer. It was absolutely killer.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, uh yeah, it just seemed like defensively. Alabama really did make proper adjustments, which is, you know, that's what you expect a great football team to do. Yeah. And we, for whatever reason, uh, there was no good push offensive uh, offensively from the line. Uh, We, you know, I feel bad for Max. Um, He just, a lot of times he didn't have time to throw. And when he did have time, it certainly seemed like there was a bit of hesitation that we didn't see from Connor. It was a weird dynamic there especially in the second half
0: no it was like it's the worst possible combination because the line got absolutely blown up um i don't know if you saw their pff crates but they were all miserably low um and then yeah like you said the times that he did have time he just held onto the ball Mm -hmm. um you know you had a couple misreads and again you know one one misread two misreads aren't going to be the the difference in a football game but you you start putting all these tiny little things together and it's easy to see how we ended up blowing this game um you know statistically. If, if you read like the team stats, you would almost go, Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure am sure AM won this game. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable what we were able to not do offensively. And, and unfortunately you got to put a lot of it on the line. Um, yeah. You know, that's, the you know, we said the times that he did have time, well, that's great, but it needs to be more than a, a couple of times, you know, the the blocking was just and the, and the way they graded out, you know, it proves it. It was just, it was horrendous up front and, and you can't be bad up front when you're playing Alabama and, and I get that maybe, you know, some of that is because you were playing Alabama, but you're talking about some abysmal scoring out ratings, Um, you know, just from an individual standpoint, each person on the line, I think the highest rated was uh, like 57, hmm. um, which if you don't know much about PFF ratings, that's not very good. <laughs> uh It's generally based kind of like, like test scores. So 57 generally doesn't pass.
1: Yeah. That's uh that's kind of an F range, you
0: know? Well, it, it seriously, you look at you know, like, how many yards did we, yeah, you know, you do we hold him to? Um, you know, even you know, take out the sacks, and you know, you're at 50 some odd yards, right? We hold him up well under 100 yards rushing, um, yeah. but just there, you, know, you don't have to, you don't have to run the ball if you got a guy running just wide open on the sideline every time he runs a route, yeah. and it was that just got to be so flipping frustrating seeing Burton pop open over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. and no adjustment, yeah, no, no adjustment adju- made.
1: No adjustment, and I mean, you you had a mismatch, you know, with Dewberry on the edge, and for whatever reason, just we we couldn't scheme against that. I don't know why, but it just felt like they would just they're picking on all day,
0: especially in the second half. But, well, it's not that you can't scheme against it; it's that you didn't. Right. I think that's that's my biggest complaint. Um, you know, if if you really make it you know make enough adjustments no receiver should ever go for 197 and well no. like two touchdowns did he get like 197 two touchdowns yeah mm-hmm. nine catcher for 197 and two touchdowns insanity like that's that's just getting abused on the outside yeah. like just straight up getting abused but I mean what adjustment do you make who do you put in there you know I, I mean the what you have to do is the adjustment because if you're running to Barry out there at corner then he's clearly your best option and if yeah. you can't cover this guy, you've got to you've got to roll a safety or so. Like you've got to do something, or you've got to get home. Like you have got mm-hmm. to get home to the quarterback. Like you can't, gotta, because you can't throw a forty-five yard pass without the guy running forty-five yards. All right, no. which at a minimum, if he's really fast, takes about four four seconds and change. Right, mm-hmm. standard wide receiver speed. I mean, you're talking about having five, six, seven seconds back there to throw. Any quarterback can do that. Anyone. Exactly. And on top of that, we've said it before, you're also asking your defensive backs to cover for a much longer time than is you know reasonable. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm pretty down in the mouth about it, to be honest. I thought it just really sucked. I thought the game was there for the taking, and I think we just totally blew it. I just I don't think there's any way, any other way to to put that.
1: Yeah. There's no frustration quite like knowing the fact that you probably should have won a football game. Like it's, it's a whole different ball. It's a whole different ball game when you know, you're know you getting blown out 59, nothing to Alabama, which, you know, 2014, uh, there. I was there. Yeah. You yes. were there. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, um, what's really going to be hard to explain it or hard to swallow is if we end up going 10 and two and you look back and you go, are you kidding me?
1: Well, and uh, you know, especially if you look at Alabama. And frankly, if you look how things kind of shook out with Miami this past week, asking yourself additional questions, which, you know, it's hard to judge a game from week two, especially now that you are halfway through your season.
0: Yeah. You know? I, 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 the, the, the Miami game, it's just that kind of is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. I i didn't think we were very competitive in the second and a half of that one either. Um, oh. well, we weren't really competitive after about the first – quarter (laughs) in Mm. Miami um but yeah I mean George Tech pulled off obviously a a humongous upset aided by the fact that Mario Cristobal is apparently a bonehead um yeah yeah yeah, my Miami fans are not uh not real they didn't wake up real thrilled on Sunday morning I don't blame them I mean you oh it's it's so inexcusable
1: I I mean you're less than 40 seconds take the knee game over
0: like, that's that's literally all you have to do that's
1: all you have to do you don't have to Miracle at the Meadowlands the situation which is exactly what happened it, and if you don't know what that story is go look up Miracle in the Meadowlands yeah with the Giants and the Jets or uh, or was it was that right I think it was the Giants and the Jets but regardless it was a crazy end to that football game but I mean absolutely ridiculous anyhow um Yes.
0: What so are the Eagles? It might have been the Eagles.
1: I think you're right. It was, a dif- it was a divisional matchup. But I don't know. yeah, regardless.
0: But, but just, I want to put a pin in this because I don't really feel like revisiting this BAM game much more. But that's fair. But your third, like we go back talk about you know what are the big stats third down efficiency turnovers right those those are the big ones mm-hmm. and at, dude we were we were both 412 on third down so it's like you did your job against alabama the problem mm-hmm. is, is the third downs they converted were unfortunately monumental and the exact same number of first downs um uh they they well outpaced us on penalty yardage which again as always huge tip of the cap to the 12th man it was amazing yeah, yeah. um yeah, I mean we both both threw a pick within yeah. about five minutes of each other. Yeah. Um, so and and you and you slightly edge out the time of possession and you kind of add all that stuff up, and you're like, how in the crap did we not win this game? And it's the, the you know, like the frustrating when it was third and one and we ran it up the gut two plays in a row, um, from the pistol and not from under the center. Like where the bush pushes and that, I have no idea. That's all you have to do is line up under center and just shove. That's all you have to do. Um, so that was. That, that was really frustrating for me um and i saw somebody on the board say something along the lines of i wonder who's like i'm not uh, i'll tell you right now bobby petrino's making the play call but i wonder if had he known that we were going to go for it on fourth down that that third down play call would have been a little different
1: mm-hmm.
0: You know, maybe you run some play action you know an easy little boot, get max outside the pocket and giving them an option to either dump short accidentally have somebody get open deep or you know max is big enough he can get it but two plays in a row And you need one yard, and the quarterback isn't under center, isn't our center. That may be one of my biggest pet peeves in all of football. It drives me nuts. Why would you snap the ball five yards backwards? Yeah. Because now you got to go six yards.
1: That's never made any sense to me at all. I understand momentum. I understand, but you can get that under center with a running back. Yeah. You know, it's not that
0: crazy of a concept. It's oddly enough, a lot of teams do it. I've seen them. And it works. Hell, quarterback sneaks can work with the fullback
1: right behind him pushing him through. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) all you got to do. Snap the ball, get low. Everybody shoves low and the running back shoves the quarterback.
1: Of all things, I think I feel most frustrated for if if I was in this situation, was being a fan at that game, knowing that you applied so much and it came down to a lot of conservative play calling, a lot of conservative decision making. And we are now sitting here as a fan base, looking back and saying, this should have been our coming out party. This absolutely should have been our coming out party. We should have beat Alabama by a couple of scores. And yet again, here we are. And here we are. And it makes me continually question, just like a lot of Aggies tend to question,
0: will it ever end? That punting uh, fourth and one at the 45, like, ah, you can't do that at that point in the game, man. (sighs) I mean, I look. I can. <laughs> I can see the reasoning behind it. I'm not promoting it by any means. I can see the reasoning behind it. But however, you're not there to play conservative. You're there to win the football game, and you know it's exacerbated by the fact that the punt went out the back of the end zone, so it ended up being a nothing punt. But yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But
1: good bull. We're moving on from this football game. We're going to move into next let's week. Let's talk
0: about the rest of the miserable weekend. Yeah,
1: Let's talk about the rest of the miserable weekend before yeah. we get to some positives. So, um, all right, let's look at. Oh, uh, yeah. it, it could have been worse. The Sips could have won. So. Oh my Lord. I think. Recruiting, you know, I,
0: that'd have been bad. Like recruiting, recruiting balance and swings and momentum as far as programs are concerned. Like, you know, that's a big one. And I hate yeah. to say it, but it's important because. And I know we recruit against OU as well, but we recruit against Texas a lot more than OU. I think OU is going to have a a tough time with the transition to the SEC, or a tougher time than Texas. I agree. Uh, I I think OU can get there, but I I think they're they're starting from a spot further back than Texas was, and Mm -hmm. Texas has a bunch of recruiting momentum. So now, if you're Oklahoma, you're recruiting against a resurging Texas, Mm -hmm. and a a now-established Texas A&M and the SEC who's stacking up recruiting classes. Um, so I guess yeah. like you can go steal all of Arkansas's recruits, but look where that gets you, you know, look where Arkansas keeps finishing. So it's not, Oklahoma is going to have a lot harder time and a lot harder sell um, I agree, unless they can come in and have a first season like we did. Well, and it's Honestly. even, it's been
1: pretty wild. Cause I mean, you go on a lot of the message boards and even a lot of Oklahoma fans have been starting to question the move before they're even there. They're like, what are we even doing here? You know, it's like, yeah, I understand that we have to be tied at the hip to Texas for virtually everything because we're kind of a package deal. That's
0: why you're where you are.
1: But you're going to follow Texas to the SEC, which, you know, that's great and good. But it doesn't really necessarily help you because you don't have as big of a a recruiting pool. Consider what Oklahoma traditionally is. Oklahoma is a big power for the Big Eight and the Big Mm -hmm. 12. You know they are that premierennial program. The SEC already had it; its name's Alabama. So you're talking like if we're talking prestige here, I mean people aren't going to want to go further away, <laughs> you know, yeah. to go play at Oklahoma when Alabama's right there, when Georgia's right there, and this the hub of this conference is just rocking and rolling with some very well, solid teams right now.
0: It's not even that. I mean, you you can go less far just by going to. A M or Texas. Yeah. Even even less far. It's so I think it's going to be tough on OU. And, and honestly, if they just stayed where they were, they probably would start racking up Big 12 championships.
1: Oh, uh, no, no question about it.
0: So, yeah, it's, I mean it's a shame that they attach themselves to Texas, but you know, generally when you do that, bad things occur.
1: Yeah. Why do you think we left anyway? Um right. yeah. Uh the rest of the weekend, uh, as far as college scores, I mean.
0: Oh uh, so, so, well, I was I was gonna say like the Strohs are split heading in. Yeah, like the Ranger the Rangers are the one bright spot for the state of Texas, basically. Pretty uh, much, yeah. So hopefully they blow a couple on the road. Uh, <laughs> but,
1: not gonna make me cry about it, you
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's not the end of the world for the Stros heading up to Minnesota. You know, at least they split. They're not heading up their 0-2, basically staring death in the face. Right. Um, the Texans yet again found found an even more heartbreaking way to lose a football game than than normal. Yeah. Um, so thoughts and prayers to all our Texans fans out there. And,
1: uh, and uh, how in about in those, Cowboys, uh...
0: the Cowboys just got absolutely demolished. Um, I mean, let's face it. I think the 49ers might be the best team in the league. Uh, well, I, I don't think that's a stretch at all, but, no, but they also gave up the most points they've ever given up to the 49ers. Yeah. Which, from a, from a defense that I'll be honest, I think everybody thinks it's a pretty stinking good defense, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the game. I actually had the Strohs on and I was just kind of in and out snoozing for the evening, my standard Sunday evening approach. But so I didn't watch Cowboys game. I just know that Dak Prescott threw three interceptions. So Mm -hmm. nice to hear that he's still mediocre.
1: Yeah. um, Some things never change. It is what it is. Consistency. I'll give him that. Consistency. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So state of Texas definitely had a rough week. Um, Minus, of course, the Rangers. Um, I mean, even yeah, TCU losing to Iowa State. Uh, you know, Baylor and Tech were playing against each other, which, you know, that is what but, it is. Yeah, it's the Butt Bowl. The other Butt Bowl, which is honestly one of my favorite names for a rivalry ever. <laughs> like, I know it's not official by any means, but B U T T, I mean, come on, guys. We have to do this. Um, as far as uh, some other college things, I did want to touch on a couple of things because I, you know, we're kind of enjoying actually being at one of them. Uh yeah, so, Wyoming
0: ups, ups, Yeah, there were. I mean, if you just go by by ranking, I mean there were literally a handful of upsets, and there should have been yeah. another one in Kyle Field, but sure a handful of upsets. Um, and the ones that even um so obviously the one you were at, right? Fresno State Wyoming.
1: Fresno State Wyoming. Okay, yeah. So let me go ahead and highlight my Laramie trip. That was a lot of fun. Holy cow. Uh we get out to the game. I'll say if we're talking, it is such a stark contrast from like a game day experience trying to get into the stadium, get out of the stadium, try to drive around town. uh, In Laramie, Wyoming versus College Station, Texas, I will tell you there is a huge difference. Uh, Laramie was really cool because you just roll up. It's a small town, 35,000 people-ish. You pull up to the stadium, its capacity is only 30,000. But, you know, there's people tailgating the parking lot, just like normal, you know, it's just good old people everywhere. Uh, cowboy hats per capita were significantly higher than any other stadium I've been in which is great yeah uh you come walking it everybody just it's like a standard dress I mean nobody was like being overly obnoxious like wearing crazy overalls I mean there were a few people but it was like good old boys coming to watch a football game it looked and felt like a high school football game in that mm. sense just just graduated a bit in terms of how loud it got. Um, honestly, really great energy in the first half, uh, especially uh, when they were starting to get downfield. Uh, Their running back, I, for the life of me, can't remember his name. He was very good. Um, yeah, Wyoming was just cruising along. It was a great game day experience. Um, definitely a great uh, view around the stadium. Highly recommend. Anybody to go check it out if you get a chance. If you
0: happen to be a Laramie during football season, you
1: know, casually driving along I eighty at some Uh, point, you know.
0: Affordable tickets, though.
1: Oh, extremely affordable tickets! I paid eighteen bucks for mine.
0: That's awesome.
1: Eighteen bucks to go watch a college football game in an environment that I really wanted to go to. Um, We sat opposite side from the students, which um, uh, probably for the best. But you know, it was fun to sit where we were at and. Um, you yeah, great folks that were all sitting around us they were they when they realized we were from Texas they were asking us a bunch of stuff you know I'm just enjoying what we were doing but yeah four of us from the band went uh myself Travis Ryan and uh John our tour manager the four of us went to the game so that was a lot of fun uh, thoroughly enjoyed that game day
0: experience so
1: but also good for Wyoming you know that's a big <laughs> that's a big win at home against ranked opponents so
0: yeah, no, it's a, it's a huge win. Um, yeah. Uh, other upsets, I, I don't really want to go through them just because most of them I didn't watch. We already, address, we already addressed the Cristobal doofus. Um, yeah. LSU-Missouri, I was uh, I was trying to keep an eye on. I was just really interested in this one because, you know, Mizzou was out to a big lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mizzou being undefeated, they're at home, you're wondering, are, are they about to show us exactly maybe who we think LSU is? And then LSU goes out of the fourth quarter, puts out 22 points and, yeah. and just... And just absolutely takes control of the game. I don't know that that's necessarily an upset. It is ranking numbers wise, but I don't think that's really an upset for LSU to go beat Missouri. I don't care that Missouri was undefeated; they hadn't played anybody.
1: No, and uh, I think a lot of people coming into it really that was going to be the good indicator of who is Missouri really. Right. And and now we've looked at it and said LSU, who we know defensively doesn't, still doesn't stack very well. Um, yeah. But on the plus, I mean, their offense still looks great. And, yeah, they did have the pick six at the end, which pretty much put the game away. Right. But, um, you know, you're talking really LSU was in full control at the end of the game, which is the prime time when you need to not be running out of gas. Mizzou did.
0: Yeah, another one, uh, Maryland kind of ran out of gas. That was – uh yeah, Rihanna Gas just kind of got Ohio State pulled away in the fourth. I was I was watching that one on the ticker pretty intently because I was mm-hmm. like, man, that's in the horseshoe and Maryland's doing that. That's pretty impressive. Because there have been so much talk from Maryland fans, like, why are we Why are we ranked? Why aren't we ranked? That's why. That's kind of why. Yep. Yeah, that's um that's pretty much it. Then obviously Notre Dame losing to Louisville, which I thought was outstanding.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was a little unexpected for sure. Um, but not altogether unpleasant. And then um Arkansas will miss.
0: Well, uh, watch out for the fighting Mac Browns. Yeah, fighting Mac Browns. I'm just saying. They've. I mean, keep, keep an eye on North Carolina. North Carolina's just
1: rolling along. I mean, they're five and zero, oh, rank fourteenth, and they beat the dog out of Syracuse. You're not wrong. Um, a little unfortunate for Washington State dropping, but you know, uh, there was a rather interesting game uh, that went, I guess, triple overtime. That was USC and Arizona. I did not anticipate Arizona being in that fight, but
0: yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was surprising. Um, yeah. uh, I I thought that was gonna be like a like the North Carolina score, like a forty to seven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's good to see, I guess, fight out of Arizona if you're an Arizona fan, because um, you know, we have, all know that USC is no joke. Yeah, go Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> but
1: uh, don't don't, Dad. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I apologize to my father. Mm-hmm. He he's an Arizona State grad. So he's uh, he's big. He's a big. Sun Devil guy. We can't so say not, go out. Not a
0: very big Arizona guy, then.
1: Huh? <laughs> no, we uh, we do not care for the Wildcats in our household, but you know we we, we worship Sun Devils instead. Anyway,
0: <laughs> lovely,
1: lovely. Um, yeah. So uh, next week we have ourselves Tennessee on the road. Big game. Is it is it must win? <laughs> you know, I I think. For a lot of fans in their head, they're going to think yes. Um, me, it's kind of in a weird spot because, you know, you're going on the road. You're coming off of a loss. I need to see good fight out of this team. And looking at the line early, I mean, you got to think. Well, I think it was, what, three in favor of Tennessee early right now.
0: Oh, I, th- I thought I saw it bigger than that. I'd say it was I, what I had last seen, but yeah, I didn't see it today.
1: Let me go ahead and double it's check just,
0: it this morning this is one of those games where, Third, first of all, when's the last time we won a real road game? Yeah, it's been a you while. Know, and and it's not – I don't believe in the phrase that, you know, hey, they're due. Hey, you're never due. You have to go out and win it. Like, just because you haven't done it in a while doesn't mean fate smiles upon you that, that <laughs> this has to be your week. But, like, this has to be your week. And I don't think this is a must-win by any means, but you lose yeah. this one and you're, there's going to be some real rumblings. heading. Like, that's, that's two straight losses heading into the bye weeks. So you've got an yeah. extra week of rumblings. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um and this this game is incredibly important. Um and it's I not agree. just show fight. You need to go into Tennessee and you need to win this game. Uh, but their Tennessee's defense isn't going to be anywhere as good as the defense you just played. Yeah. <clears throat> um I mean, they're going to have a better quarterback, but he's also shown that he's not great. I, mean, I think going into the season we all thought he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation and he's just not having a very good year. Yeah um you know we're not talking about him in the same breath as we do caleb williams no um yeah and just because usc went three overtimes to arizona doesn't mean that you know i mean caleb will put up 40 some odd points right yeah you know, i mean so maybe it's the usc defense is the problem not caleb williams but i i think was his, his name is what joe milton right um i think no. i think we all thought he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation and he's just he hasn't had a great year uh or at least as great a year as as at least i thought he would um yeah. <clears throat> so, again, we'll just use this phrase. It's a winnable game. Um, it Yeah, is. You know, we'll just keep throwing that around until we actually friggin' win one. Um,
1: I, I think the most important thing that we need to do for this particular game, because, I mean, we've got the dudes. We have the playmakers. We have the defense that has shown that they can do the job. The most important thing that we can do in this game is limit stupid mistakes in terms of penalties in my head. That's the one thing that I'm going to be worried about with this road game. Yeah. Don't let the outside environment affect your game day experience. Do not allow for those foul starts. Don't allow for those little things, those little drive killers. Because that that has been such
0: a tough thing for us to deal with. My my biggest key to the game is going to be getting out to an early start. Well, it's a hundred thousand person stadium. All I right? agree. It's you to like take the wind in, out of them. Yeah, you know, yeah, this isn't going to play in front of sixty thousand people in Jay World. This isn't Mizzou. Um, you know, this is this is a legit stadium and has been for a long time. And Tennessee fans are a rabid bunch. Yeah. Um, you have got to do whatever you can do, like everything within your power, to get out to a fast start on both sides of the ball and see if you can't take that crowd out of a little bit. You know, it's probably the same thing that every opponent says when they're coming into Kyle Field, like we can get out to a fast start, we can take twelfth man out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee's coming off a bye week, which sucks for us. Um, you know, this is going to be their checkerboard game, you know, where they check her out the stadium. Mm-hmm. So I know like, it's, it's a big game. You know, they've obviously circled it kind of on the calendar type thing. Yeah. Um, you have to basically, you need to take every single positive that you can from Alabama, you know, in, into your kind of mo- mindset for this next week, say, all right, look, I know we dropped this, um, you yeah. know, if we eliminate, you know, A, B and C, but we keep D, E and F that we do, you know, yeah. We keep you know keep doing what you're doing well. We have just got to clean up some of these small things. and it's the small it's the small differences. you know we didn't make any massively glaring mistakes. We had one pick, you know and and they threw a pick. so the the gl- only glaring mistake that that we didn't fix or at least looked like we tried to fix was covering Burton.
1: yeah,
0: but you know i I think Alabama's the better team if you Alabama Tennessee Alabama's better than Tennessee all right I agree yeah playing on the road is going to be difficult in an environment that none of these kids have played in before
1: no um, um you know even considering Tennessee back in the t- covid year I mean that particular game you know it wasn't a full experience it wasn't the full go of what Tennessee is capable of this is going to be 100,000 plus It's going to be loud. It's going to be rocking. And it's going to be a very hostile environment. Tennessee fans are not exactly known for being the best in terms of how they treat people. So just go into it with the understanding that, yeah, it's going to be a tough environment. There's going to be a lot of adversity there. But you have the skill and the ability to beat this team. So go out there and just do it.
0: Well, and... Look, they're Tennessee are world beaters. Their last two wins are South Carolina and UTSA, right? Yeah. They didn't look. They didn't necessarily look hot doing it. You know, no. Um. They still got Alabama on the schedule, right? Hmm. Um. Yeah. You know, so there's. Th- this is one of those things where you've really got to just straight up sack up, like go to Tennessee and and eliminate. And that's why that fast start is so important to me. Like, yeah. if you can eliminate that hostile crowd, because like you said i mean they're not lsu fans but they're pretty rabid yeah they're rabid fans um so do everything that you can to take them out of it and all that means is go out and execute it means if you get the ball first you need to score when they get the ball you need to stop them like you need to have consecutive scoring drives without them answering Mm -hmm. you know however however that works out with the you know who gets the ball first and and i think that's probably the biggest key is to jump on them early and take yeah. and and take the the vol fans out of it at least a little bit you know try and take a little bit of win of sales make that stadium not a hundred thousand plus yeah um i mean how do you do that man i don't know i, I mean because what's weird is we've been getting off to these fast starts but you know actually maybe the key is to come out of come out of the locker room i'm like bam i come out of the locker room and execute yeah um now I can, I can see being moderately conservative when you're on the road, because I understand the mindset between being at home and being on the road. Um, but I have no problem with them. Just let it fly. Yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, you've got a lot in front of you, but man, you've got a lot to prove to yourselves still. I mean, yeah. maybe not the defensive line, the linebackers because you know, yet again, just fantastic play. Had another just... ton, ton of tackles for loss. Um, it's like yep. you almost
1: you almost feel bad for the line because I mean I saw the video of Walter Nolan after the game. Oh, it's just literally in it, literally in tears. And I I understand just the frustration there because you played a win you you had a winning effort in a game, but it doesn't reflect on the scoreboard.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't translate to a win.
1: Yeah, and that's frustrating. And it's not just frustrating to you, man. It's frustrating to all of us. <laughs> I've been there.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's just going to be interesting because obviously, um, you know, the Vols use. Uh, you know, it's kind of a high paced offense. Yeah. Uh, or like a, kind of an aerial attack. But what's funny is um, like. Our our defensive pass rating actually isn't that bad, despite getting burned because of what mm-hmm. we're, the havoc we're able to cause in the backfield. Right. Tennessee, again, Joe Milton, we thought was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Like their passer rating, like in conference play, is not great, and nope. their and their blocking is not great. So this sets up as a clear advantage on our side, um, to to be able to just cause a, extreme chaos in their offensive backfield. And you know, if you got to pick one, you're just gonna stick with you know stick with the bell cow, and that's been our, you know, our defensive line, our linebackers, our front seven, you know, creating havoc and, and making things difficult um, you know, on the passing game and. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, Alabama's offensive line, uh, you know, they've had their noted struggles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought they made some adjustments and played better as well, which is oh, crazy yeah. to think, but they did because the first half they just had a really rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know anything about Tennessee's offensive line, but um, I do know that they don't score well on PFF. That's stuff oh. I was talking about with Besantis earlier.
1: Yeah. And uh, we know what our front seven is capable of in terms of a pass rush and they've, Honestly, done well. I know it's, I know it didn't look great against, uh you know, especially second half with Alabama, but we know what this team is capable of. And we know that they have the ability to cause a lot of havoc
0: in the backfield. So, I've, well, I I've, don't know I, that, and I don't know that you're going to find a receiver on Tennessee that rivals Burden. Yeah, probably not. So, again, hope given not. you just did, despite the fact that you dropped the game to Alabama. It, yeah. and, I'm not going to say it's inexcusable, but it's, it's a pretty tough one to swallow. It's frustrating, no doubt. You know, if this team can just emotionally bounce back, get to work, go focus on beating Tennessee. You beat Tennessee, you go into the bye week. Yeah. You only have one conference loss. Unfortunately, you need Alabama to lose twice, which I just I can't imagine happening in conference play. Probably not. But, but I mean, at, at this point, I mean, you've
1: got – you look at the rest of the schedule coming up at this stage. You have, you have Tennessee, of course. Then you have your bye week. Then you host South Carolina at Ole Miss, host Mississippi State, host Abilene Christian. Go to uh, go to LSU. I mean, I look at that schedule and I really ask myself the question: like, which one of these games do I think is a hard line loss?
0: And the, the only one, honestly, that that I again, like, if you just rated it on a confidence meter. Like the Tennessee game is the one that concerns me the most. Sure, because you get, man, it's great on LSU beat Missouri. They gave up thirty nine points in Missouri.
1: Yeah,
0: right. LSU's defense has proven to not be very good. Yeah. Um. So that you know, it's something you can take advantage of. And again, like you just look at, you know, the Bama team that we just that we just lost to. Mm-hmm. Who on our schedule is going to have that talent? And they they're certainly not going to have the coaching. Yeah.
1: And, and we've seen how Alabama stacked up with Ole Miss and how we stacked up with Alabama. And you could, you know, I, I know transitive winds and all that crap and numbers, they don't necessarily mean anything. But, I mean, Alabama showed that Ole Miss really didn't have a lot of wind in their sails. So, I mean, really, yeah, we take care of Tennessee, go on this back stretch and just do our job. Got well, I think –
0: I think what every single one of us knows too, because we've seen it enough years now is Alabama gets better week to week. They literally do every year, every year, every week, they get better week to week. So they went out and beat an old miss team when they were, when Alabama was still trying to figure out who was playing quarterback, basically, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, I mean, what we saw out of Jalen Milrow on Saturday was a much better version than we'd seen. I I mean, I don't know that I've seen him that good uh, yet. You know, yet this season, I mean, crap, he got benched, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. so you know, Alabama gets better week by week. That's the challenge, really, is to continue to improve. Like, where do we go from coming off an Alabama loss? You know, if you can improve, based you know, if you can improve what you did wrong, you can go out and handle Tennessee, right? That's the thought. That's that is the thought, and that's so, and that's the one thing that we have to do. And the reason why
1: Jimbo Fisher is getting paid the money that he's getting paid. You have to make those adjustments week to week. you got to continue to get better and grow. And we saw that in the 2020 season. Yeah, you know, you struggled with Alabama week two, and then you saw growth throughout the season. And I know this is not, by all means, you just lost another game. But you have a chance to at least salvage the back half of the season, potentially make yourself into a position where you're in a New York Six Bowl
0: yeah, what's funny ten. is we're saying salvage, and they could still end up ten and two, and that's and still end up ten. And I two. mean, that's that's not salvaging anything. That's a good season. Yeah, um, I, I mean,
1: I would take that. It would be, I would, and when I mean salvage, I mean salvage from the
0: gloom. The, and doom the, the, that the, we're the, currently
1: in. the fandom expectation of, oh man, we had one loss. If we only had one loss, and we were going to Atlanta, that did it.
0: Well. That's it. All right. That's so it. now now you're like, and you hate to don't manage expectations, but you have to adjust where this season can end. And if I told you the beginning of the season, we'd be 10 and two and going to New Year's six bowl. You'd probably be like, I can do that. I
1: mean, what, what did we say preseason? I think my official pre- prediction, I think I said was nine and three, which I think is very much something that would happen. You know, we could lose one more game between either Tennessee Ole Miss, potentially LSU on the road. Win the rest of those games, and I would say, okay, that's about where I expected us to be. But it's traveling down this winding road of seeing how the results go. Where you then look back on the season and either have a bit of, oh, sweet, we actually achieved our goal, versus, God, we were this close to doing something even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely get you get caught up, you know, in the momentum of a season. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people were ten and nine and two. I think most people landed about there. But mm-hmm. you know, in the week heading into the Alabama game, everybody's expectations all of a sudden goes to eleven and one. They're like, we're gonna win this and run the table. You, you do have to remember to think back to where you were before the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was at ten and two, I think. Um so I but again, ten and two is still achievable. Like it I didn't is. think this was a national championship season. No, uh, I, I certainly I mean, didn't either. I think there was a possibility but at the same time i mean they've got to prove it to me before i expect them to go to the national championship like they need to get to atlanta first right yeah so, so yeah, let's let's just start there baby um, baby steps baby steps exactly baby steps. um but you know ten and two still on the table and i think it is. you know the ability to win in knoxville and then getting that bye week i think that could be a, so it's man it's not a must win i mean if you're a ten and two guy it's a must win but because um, they all are now, but I, I think if you if you start thinking about the context of the back half and what we've now seen from all the teams that are you know, left on our schedule, and uh, and we've seen enough of them, you know, to to have a pretty good picture of what to expect from them. If you can bounce back from Alabama and beat Tennessee on the road, then you've got two weeks to prepare yourself mentally for the back half of the season, in which you should be expecting to win out.
1: Right, I would love to see us just yeah get take a little momentum into the bye week, yeah especially off of a what would be a ranked win on the road against a pretty decent Tennessee team. Yeah, not, it, yep. it'd be big. It'd be real big. I would take that all day. I mean, we're not going to be favored in this game. At, at double check the line. It is three and a half to Tennessee. Okay. Um, but you know, three and a half to Tennessee at home.
0: If you're a road team. That's I one mean, that you've... you you get three for being at home.
1: Yeah, so I mean they they like our matchup. So I'd say go in there and.
0: Yeah, I mean their all their offensive line is. Um, I mean their offensive line is experienced. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, I think, I think they're probably maybe better than Alabama just because Alabama's still growing into themselves, maybe as uh, as an offensive line kind of as a unit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so. <sighs> it's going to be interesting how our, how our front 7 matches up with their with their offensive line um yeah. they may not be as talented but they're more experienced and i think that always plays you know a huge role mm-hmm. um so i but i but i can't think of anybody who can stop our front 7 so again um yeah yeah you know, milton's not throwing the deep ball worth of crap um and and honestly his mid-range accuracy is uh it's not. I tell you, it's not as good. I thought he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation too. Like mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. I don't know what's going on. If it's in his head or what, but mm-hmm. um, you know, about the only way that we're going to be able to sh- make up for for bad covers on the back end is going to be blitzing a lot. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to have to get home, and you're going to have to, if nothing else, force short throws that you can keep in front of you. And if they complete him, you tackle him and, and just move on to the next play. Mm-hmm. I just, I think the one thing that we have to avoid is just letting Joe Milton sit back there all day. And just wait for somebody to pop open, because yep. somebody will at some point.
1: Yeah, You got to go out there and create havoc and shut down the opportunity for the ball to be thrown. Better yet, get some sacks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> better yet, just don't, let, just don't let him throw, right? Don't let him
1: throw. Novel thought. It definitely works. So, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. It's a new week.
0: We're yeah, ready to move yeah on, Rangers... Man. Rangers are looking to close down their series and get the championship series. Stroh's got a bit of an uphill battle now, splitting it at home. They need to, obviously, at a minimum, split it in Minnesota. Man, I'm telling you. You know, know, losing last night, you
1: know what? That's what they get for opening the roof. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I mean, I know it feels nice outside, but keep the son of a – got to close that thing. Let the crowd do the work for you. You're in a dome, people. Let the crowd work.
0: Yeah, it's a distinct advantage. Astros fans, you know, through this whole run that, I mean, you could almost call it dynasty, yeah. uh, kind of where they've been. They have learned how to become really good baseball fans. They have. They have. And so, like, opening the roof just seems like the absolute stupidest thing on the planet. Who decided this? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know who that person is, but clearly they've not been in this organization very long because they don't understand
0: or they're pay, or they're in charge of paying the ac bill
1: yeah yeah whatever stupid stupid stuff god well what? either
0: way i look obviously i'm looking forward to it um, yeah. i kind of came to a kind of came to an epiphany last week and i was like you know what i'm just kind of done letting this drive my entire saturdays um yeah you know I, I i i'm not the one out there practicing i'm not getting paid to coach so yeah i'll just i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna step back a bit from my emotional uh currency involved in this and just try to enjoy it for what it is and i i do i do have something that was really funny so carson
1: who's my front man god bless him he's a great kid uh class of 20 and probably one of the biggest two percenters you'll ever meet in your life I, he nice. literally went to two football games his entire four years at a&m how do you even do that i i don't know he was a bit of a you know like i said he wrote a song called loner he was very much like in his own little world when he was in oh okay He did the rodeo team, but he was not super involved in a lot of stuff like, you know, you and I were, you know, going out to obviously football games for you. Obviously, the football games I went to um, baseball Baseball, after that and then basketball basketball as often as you could. But, you know, he would make out. He said he would make it out to a baseball game every once in a while. He'd go out to football games every once in a while. We were playing the Alabama AM game in the second half in the bus, and Carson was just so into it. He was watching like, y'all need to play with some spirit, damn it. Come on.
0: That's
1: funny. <laughs> I was rolling. Like, honestly, watching the game, yeah, I was sitting there like, man, this kind of sucks, but I w- you know, wish we were more into this game. After the safety, I was sitting there like, okay, I guess we're probably done. But we go the other direction. Regardless, I'm watching the game with the mindset like, okay, we're probably going to lose, and that's okay. Meanwhile, Carson is just like every freaking He's at at an emotional 10. He's at an emotional 10. He said, they need to play with some spirit. And honestly, I think that energy carried over to our show that night because Carson's like, we need to play with some spirit.
0: (laughs) 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 We got to have some energy out here, man. Where the hell's your 12th mantel? We're going to a show, Carson. What the hell are you talking about? I put
1: one. Uh, when I played at the tap, I put one on my cab because, you know, got to show up to the home fans. Right. And I, you know, I, I did play to a crowd because we were in Wyoming. I bought a Wyoming T-shirt. Very basic. Just literally the Wyoming, like little arch mm. text with the cowboy on it. Brown, yep. yellow text. It's perfect. It's a great shirt. I wore it on stage. Crowd loved it. But, you know, well, was, we were talking
0: about we were talking about that last week. Yeah. Just kind of like perfect Wyoming's color scheme and and like the Amazing. cowboy logo. And yeah, yeah, it's just kind of perfect. Everything's perfect.
1: It was, it's a great school and they're great people. And I, I thoroughly enjoy being up there and I'm looking forward to going back. You know, we had a
0: that That's a definitely go back kind of place, huh?
1: Yeah, it was 260 uh, people came out for us. Uh, a lot of them didn't even know who we were. They just showed up because they were like post game, Cool. Nice party. And well, yeah, especially
0: like, after winning, too. That never hurts.
1: Well, well, you know, these are the type of guys. You know, they know the co-wetzels of the world. They know the, you know, insert your big artist, you know, Pegasus in the Rooftops, Dylan Wheeler, whatever. They know all of those guys. But we come in there. Maybe they've heard a song or two. They came in and they were like, oh, these guys kind of rock. I kind of dig what they do. So I was like, that was that was cool.
0: So, that's uh, going to be a fun experience kind of getting a new crowd to experience all this music and yeah,
1: especially in a state that we hadn't been at in 2 years cuz we went up to Wyoming 2 years ago played Bosler and that was it was a completely different situation, you know. We're playing out at a ranch rodeo called Tom Horn Days, just big open prairie with absolutely nothing but country rodeo kids out there. <laughs> and that certainly made for entertaining uh, energy crowds but it was it was fun. We we, we really did have a good time uh, up there last time. And we had a great time this time, too. Um, Laramie's a really, really cool town. If you've never been as a college football fan or really, if you're just traveling and you have you know, you're up on that latitude. <laughs> I hate to use that word, but if you're hmm. up on that latitude, by all means, go check out Laramie. It's a badass place. Uh, wonderful people. As with as is Greeley, Colorado. I thoroughly love Greeley. Uh, good people up there at moxie theater they take care of us very well um yeah. so that was a lot of fun um the only other thing uh God I, I hate playing in downtown Denver man <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just like <laughs> you're walking around and it's like nobody knows that there's a show going on downstairs there's no signage you're just like why why are, why are we even doing why are we even doing this <laughs> but the funny part was there was a there was an am couple or like At least the husband was Nagy. He's class of 12. His name is uh, Travis. Uh, I met him at the Black Buzzard when we were playing our show that night. Uh, He came afterwards um, and shook my hand. And we made an introduction. Like I said, he's class of 12. He said, hey, man, you know, we had a chance to watch you guys at Green Hall whenever, uh, uh, you know, this summer when we sold it out. And he was like, yeah, that was awesome, man. It was so hot. I said, yeah, this is a bit of a stark contrast coming up here playing in front of like 80, 90 people, you know? A little bit different. In a basement. And he said, yeah, you know, but hey, we still got to enjoy the music and we we love y'all's stuff and thoroughly enjoyed the show, so. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah, so they said we're definitely looking forward to seeing y'all back up there at some point. Hopefully not, I mean, like I said, Black Buzzard, they treat us well, but, you know, something that's a little more, geared towards our genre of music they're more of like that indie rock scene those independent small bands and not exactly your crowd not exactly our crowd and you walk around the the area and you you get a vibe like these guys are country music guys these like these are pop punk these guys enjoy indie stuff it's just it's a different feel yeah you just that's the way it is in some places
0: but oh well
1: Oh, well, it's all good because I have a full week where I can breathe. I'm not leaving Wednesday. In fact, I'm not leaving till Friday evening. Uh, We're having to, we're playing this uh, benefit, I believe, in Richland Springs, which is over there by Brady, Texas. So kind of almost dead center geographically in Texas. Gotcha. But it's about three, four hours away from Cat Spring. Uh, So the plan is we're going to roll out there. And we had to load in at like 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, we're the first of five bands. Oh, no, see, we're the headliner of five bands playing this day. And the first first three, I've never heard of. Yeah. Get to
0: experience some new music.
1: Yeah, get to experience some new music, which is never a bad deal. Um, In fact, we got to do that when we were in Colorado. Um, When we played Greeley, the very first band was like a straight-up rock band. I was like,
0: hmm. We're it's gonna have big, to bring it.
1: Yeah. So well, I mean, we always bring it, right? But it, it was cool. It was fun. It was like, oh they went out there, they're like, just hey, he's head bang, got the hair out, just doing the whole deal. And I'm like, I respect the energy, man. I respect the energy. I
0: was so, gonna say, talk, talk speaking about bringing it every show, those those bands. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot, have, man.
1: You have to, man. Like that's that's well, that's what sells. your
0: it's what your it's what your fans expect you to do.
1: Yeah, they expect you to give it your one hundred percent every night. So, and it's fun to watch, no doubt about it. But
0: what all do you got going on this week? Anything fun? I have. I just have a really, really busy week at work. Um, yeah. Just, I, yeah. Just got a ton of stuff going on. Um, last uh, Friday, triple, triple R ribs, real, real estate and ramblings. We put a put out the video with Blake from. Everybody knows him probably from Blake Steaks and yeah. Zeitman's Zitman, Grocery. And Blake and I have known each other for years, so the interview is really hilarious. So if you get a chance. Uh, the YouTube channel, it's uh, Ribs Real Estate and Ramblings or it's at Triple R. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, just kind of plugged along this week. This is a bit of a put my nose down and grind kind of week.
1: I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that because
0: I love Blake. Well, it it's fantastic, man. Uh, he, the week awesome. before, I, I believe the week before was uh, I think it was the week before was Olin Buchanan from Tech Sags. If yeah. and if you guys haven't heard that one, that interview is absolutely hilarious. Check um, it out. Olin's a hoot. Yeah. Um and they're only about 30 minutes long. So you can rip through a couple of them if you got some time sitting around. But um on, on your lunch break, easy to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, just just busy, man. Um we're uh kind of revamping some things with the team, so kind of changing up my schedule a little bit and having to having to adjust to that just a touch. But sure. um just busy, man. Yeah, you know, busy busy with clients and and mm-hmm. but it's just one of those weeks where it's like all of them all at once kind of thing. So yeah,
1: I feel that. Uh we're gonna be um uh looks like the plan of the tech is uh this Thursday. Uh there's something pretty fun going on out at Cooper's Barbecue. Uh there's uh mm-hmm. ba- Battle of the Bands for Chili Fest is kicking off. And yep. I it, the way it's structured, I'm not sure if this is entirely right, but the way it looks is like they're gonna have a separate band there every Thursday night from I think seven to eight thirty. Uh so if you guys want to go check them out, there's gonna be a lot of bands trying to vibe. For that last spot at Chili Fest,
0: yeah, we actually um. So that's where we record Ribs, Real Estate, Ramblings there mm-hmm. at Coopers, and um and so they do the what is it? I can't remember what they call it. Music on the porch or concert on the backboard, something like that. Yeah. And that was every Thursday night. We actually adjusted like that kind of plays into when we record and when we don't. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I heard they're they're having the Chili Fest competition starting um starting this week, isn't it?
1: Yep, this week. Uh, Lucas Sosa, who's a buddy of mine, uh, his band's gonna be playing out there this Thursday. Uh, my intention is assuming that our schedules aren't too crazy. I'm planning on going out to every single one of those because I want to see how these bands rock and roll um and really kind of get a feel for some of the younger guys on the Texas yeah. scene in the
0: area. well I mean, that's, that's what that's what the majority of them will be
1: yeah uh, one one exception, one guy that is a little more established that is playing is uh, keller Keller Cox, who's also a former yell leader. yep um he, he's got his band going um so he'll be out there but uh David Pugh, who's another buddy of mine he's playing in it a few other people that I don't know so I'm looking forward to discovering new music yeah
0: yeah it'll mm-hmm. be a ton of fun
1: yeah well, especially on Thursday and I know a lot of people have been like messaging me like hey are, are you going to come out and watch this thing are you going to be like judging us I'm so I'm not going to be judging hard you know <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be watching I'm going to be enjoying the experience but yeah. not planning on judging too hard. I'm a, I'm gonna go enjoy some music.
0: Well, you're not one of the judges. We'll put it that way.
1: No, I'm I'm not gonna be. And just yeah, for anybody who's listening that might be going, I'm not one of the judges. I did not sign up for that. I am strictly there to go enjoy some music and hang out with some music buddies. Because why not?
0: It's Thursday night. It's time cold beer. I'm,
1: yeah, you know. Hey, I've got dinner set for the next
0: few weeks. There, yeah, yeah. I got yep. your Thursday night dinners done. Done. I'm gonna go get me some little Cooper's barbecue. So never a bad deal. No, actually, uh, very, uh, one fun thing that I have coming up this weekend that none of you are invited to, um, <laughs> uh, so since it's the Tennessee game, um, and so, you know, we'll just have some people over watching, um, you know, probably my daughter might have a couple friends over as well, since obviously they're not d- going to Knoxville for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm doing a good bull barbecue day at the house. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to do like the whole menu spread pretty much for Saturday's game. Um so i'll let you know afterwards i'm sure i'll have some leftovers uh appreciate but, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah just looking looking forward to it my speaking of my daughter you know she uh, uh she obviously went to the games they ended up with tickets on first deck you know so good wow to get them. yeah she got first deck tickets and uh she was telling us she said i know we lost but that might have been the best time i've ever had i i
1: so. i can totally speak to that because that reminds me of 2013 when we played alabama at home yeah we lost yeah. But you cannot tell me that that wasn't a fun day.
0: Yeah, my daughter said it was just unbelievable. So, again, another another, another hats off to the 12th, man. You guys you guys always bring it. Um, and hopefully, you know, you can go beat Tennessee. So, when we come back to Caulfield to play again, everybody's fired up and still in a good enough mood to come out to Midnight Yell and come to games. And, yeah. And, I mean, not that that's ever been a huge ask, but –
1: but there are, you know, like I so said, the frustrations can creep. I understand yeah. that that happens. There are,
0: there are seasons that are more difficult than others. There are. I mean, and so far, this one is might be frustrating, but it's there's still a lot in front of us. I still a say, ton in front of us.
1: Yeah, you still have literally half the season in front of you, right? I'm going to be cautiously
0: optimistic.
1: Hey, right. cautiously optimistic is a good place to be. I'd rather be there than in the dumps.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to uh West Ham um getting a competent uh ref maybe in their next match.
1: Oh, do you, you want to talk about competent refs? Let's look back at uh Liverpool and Tottenham's match from the week before. Ooh.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> guy, this guy for us in Newcastle on Sunday, like he literally needs to be like he needs to be banned for a week. It was, it was bad, bad. Yeah, that's what I um, heard.
1: What's been going on with that?
0: That's the most frustrating thing is I don't know what's going on with officials right now, but it literally seems like because we have well and maybe it's because we have more scrutiny, right? Like we don't notice yeah. everything that's wrong until we really start digging into it. Mm-hmm. But they like the Premier League officials this year really suck. They've been horrid. Yeah, like matches, multiple matches like we're we're not even that far in yet. Yeah,
1: they've they've been pretty darn bad. It's We're not so even bad. In the meat it's of just it.
0: so bad, and it's and there's I just can't think of any reason why they are that bad. They just are, and they're and they're literally ruining matches.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hate to play victim card here as a Liverpool fan, but I mean that's essentially what happened with the Tottenham match. It is what it is. It sucks, but you know, you know, red cards out of nowhere and a bunch of other crazy stuff going on. It's just yeah. it's frustrating, you know, and it makes it hard. To watch as a foreign fan when the officials are trying to take too much hold of a match, when clearly that's not necessarily it's well, that's spe- important.
0: And especially as baseball fans who watch Angel Hernandez exist. Like
1: the guy, so just quick aside before we close out this podcast, Angel Hernandez had the worst graded year ever, and he only called like 13 games. He was out with injury for most of the year, Angel Hernandez. And he's still called the worst with a minimum of 10 games called. I knew I shouldn't have brought his name up. the <laughs> <Good> Lord Almighty, <laughs> launch him into the sun with a cannon.
0: Anyway. I tell you what, he is really tough to watch because it's just one of those things. And, and that's where, like what you were alluding to, there's, there's nothing worse than trying to watch a, a game or a match or whatever sport it is. And for the officials to feel the need to insert themselves into the narrative of the actual game, like yeah. there, it, it, it's miserable to watch. Like it, it almost every single time affects the outcome to where you're taking the outcome out, out of the actual player's hands, the ones actually playing the game mm-hmm. and you have to make it about you. But I will say there's some bad ones in every sport, sure. but baseball percentage wise has the most bad ones.
1: I said, at the end of the day, this is one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard. If you're an official, the most important thing that could ever happen is that nobody knows your name because you're doing your job. Right. Because if you're that official that just does their job and isn't causing a lot of frustrations, nobody's going to talk about you. They're not going to care. Like, Granted, there was like in the playoffs last year for the world series, like there was a guy who missed one call during the world series Game that he called against the uh, between the Astros and the Phillies, he missed like like one strike super early, but then he called a perfect game after that as a guy behind the plate. That that's almost never been done.
0: Yeah, there's and some nobody, really great, there's some nobody, really great arms out there that don't do that.
1: There are, but there's also so many, especially this year, that have just made such an incredibly horrible impact on the game, and I just. Ah, it is frustrating to watch as a fan. You're not wrong.
0: But All right. Well, I would say before we go, in case you guys are actually watching this and I was just listening to it, it is hoodie season. I am it rocking is. a hoodie today. Very it, happy about being able to rock a hoodie and not, you know, basically dehype, like pass out of heat exhaustion. Yeah. It
1: was, um, I'll tell you what, when we left Laramie uh, the other night, it was about 31 degrees outside. And frankly, I just got done on that hot stage, I was running around in shorts and a, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, like loading stuff. Cause I was like, I'm cooking right now. I've got plenty of heat. I can just load this in. And then as soon as we were done and I piled in the bus, I was like, Ooh,
0: all right. I'm going to put my hoodie back on. Maybe not shorts anymore. (laughs)
1: Maybe maybe no more shorts. That's a little chilly for me.
0: That's funny. Yeah. it, It gets up on you quick, doesn't it? It does. You know, like You're like hot,
1: and then all of a sudden you're not. And you're like, oh, no.
0: Yeah, Like almost the same exact thing happened when I went up uh, when I was in Tahoe over the summer. Because first yeah. of all, we get there, and it's you know, like in the 60s or 70s. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the morning, like I was like, oh, I'll just go out in the morning and you know, have a cup of coffee. And I walk outside. I'm like right back inside. I'm going to put on mm-hmm. a jacket. And I'm going to go have a cup of coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So wrapping things up, uh, quick shout out to our boy. Adam Drake here at the Dixie Chicken. Of course, always setting me up with some good gear. He's a good guy. I oh, yeah.
0: It. Yeah, they had a fun little party this past weekend with uh, uh, Dante Hall was there. And yeah. I got somebody to take. I've got, I've got a game-worn jersey I bought back when I was in the old guard yeah. and uh, got it signed. So I'm going to – got a Dante Hall jersey I got to get framed and yeah. also find wall space for. But, you know. I mean, I got plenty here if you know. Yeah, no, nah, it's still going it. my walls. <laughs> 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 but yeah well I'm looking forward to it you still got you know a ton of stuff yeah. realistically ahead of you but you've got to find a way to win this game I agree because like, if you can't change the Bama narrative you can change the at least go win a big game on the road narrative yeah but we've got to have that confidence especially knowing that we've got LSU on the road at the end of the year right
1: you have plenty in front of you to change the narrative at this point so just change the narrative change the narrative baby just all right I'm it, yourself
0: you can win on the road
1: yeah. Prove that you can win on the road. I'm Rob. Follow me at X Rob, the slapper. Be sure to follow Roy May 15 over there on X. Also follow us on Instagram. We do have the Instagram account. I will be posting a lot more to it. I do have pictures from Wyoming. I will share them on the account. There you go. So be sure to come check it out and uh, follow along with all the fun stuff. So hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. Beat the hell out of Tennessee. Have a wonderful week, guys.